Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Musicals taught me everything I know. The show that uh, we talk about musicals and everything they've taught us. Unsurprisingly, you'd never guess it from the title. I definitely didn't. My name is Julie Eisentrager and with me at the table today I have... Miranda Selwood. And joining us via Zoom from, let's say, like if you want to say from somewhere like weird and exotic in the world, you can take it. It's COVID, no one will ever know. But we have... Timothy Wynn! Hey, how are you guys? Yeah, we good. Well, I'm good. I don't remember right now. How's the weather there, Tim? <laughs> I am on the Gold Coast. I'm coming to you from the Gold Coast. The and coast. it's, she's golden. Ooh. I can hear the seagulls, you know, already. <laughs> this is your very first time uh, to the hot mess that is this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a very special quiz that we like to do with all first-time guests. And then again, when they do it again, then and again, you know, we do, it a f- we do it a bit. It is called the... Getting to know you. It was nice. It was nice. It was short. It was very ethyly today, like brassy. I think it's become just my voice. That's your voice? I am Ethel. Oh, oh, woof. Okay. Uh, my first question to you, Timothy. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Hmm, that is a great question. Um, I think maybe like Mark from Rent. Oh, dear. Maybe like, like kind of... A- <laughs> Don't take that personally. That's just Julie's distaste for the show. Um, I got I get any character that's kind of this outsider, maybe kind of because I'm a, I guess I'm a director, so that that vibe, uh-huh. a director vibe. Yeah, director vibe. Oh, yeah, struggling artist vibe. I mean, I don't want to get a complex about it, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> In that case, which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? Um, any. Any of like the any of like the famous tr- I want to be in one of the famous trios like the little shop trio or like mm. the character change trio or like the hairspray trio I want to be in one of the trios. Mm. Yeah, I'd yeah. be with you there in the power in numbers. Shop trio. I think. Good call. Mm. Mm. Dream so girls? just you want to you want to like be there. You want to be like oh. Greek chorus. And yeah, I need the support. I think if I'm ever <laughs> to be on stage. Uh, the, well. I would be the Peggy of a trio, I think, oh. if, if that kind of makes sense. So I need to... <laughs> it does make sense, but it's like, it's a self-burn there. <laughs> and Peggy. All right, I'm off for the rest of the show. Bye. <laughs> no, she gets to come back as a hussy. Yes, not as a self. Uh, what is your dream role then, Timothy? Um, oof. I, like, any gender. I could do any gender. A- any, it's, it's a dream. dream. It's a dream. Um, I think... I would love to, maybe I'd love to be like Hades in the Hercules. Oh, in oh. the Hercules. Yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, yeah. I'm going, I'm going a different direction. Yes. Like the, like the. No, I like uh, this direction. The, pu- the public theatre kind of production that they did with, I think, Chris Rodriguez and nice. that guy from Frozen. Yeah. Okay. I can get about that. Good job. Bart played Hades in that production. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. I want to say yes. I want to. I don't know, but I want to. <laughs> uh, um, can we just, as a director, do you have a show that is top yeah. of your list? The dream show? Um, oof. I've put him on the uh, spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, something that's broken. Something that's a bit problematic. Oh, I- we have a list. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to see us for that list, we're yeah. more than happy to <laughs> jot that down for you. But I think it's always, it's always whatever artistic pursuit i think there's always a little desire to do something a bit lavish there's you know why don't you fix gg like a secret gardeny type thing love it uh what is your favorite sondheim show um i think assassins Ooh, i still haven't seen assassins still. i don't think i've actually ever seen it either but i've listened to the numerous recordings and yeah. putting it there out there a, there was another more recent recording wasn't there there'd been I a recent so. assassins re-recording am i making it up i'm making it up never mind uh putting it out there though if anyone wants to do <laughs> assassins i would like to watch it please. Okay. uh what is your go-to shower song um, I think like a like a Hamiltony rap. A Hamiltony rap. That yeah. sounds like something you go to and order at the deli. Yeah. <laughs> Can I please get a Hamilton with uh, extra sun dried tomatoes? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't want that rap. Nobody does. Yeah, it's so it's less about my Broadway belt and more about my what is it called? Attitude. What is the rap called? Spitting. Am I spitting or am I spinning? I don't know. Whatever the rap thing, whatever the rap, whatever the belt equivalent. You were definitely asking the two wrong ladies that (laughs) question. I know a lot about rap, Julie. Spit a rhyme? Uh, Bust a rhyme, I believe. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a girl of the 80s when busting a rhyme was a thing. Yes. So I'm going to go with that. Yes. You I'm can. owning it. I can't. I'm not a girl of the 90s. I know all the things it about is. rap. Uh Okay, here's the big one. Are you ready? Mm. Are you prepped? You have to delete one musical from existence. Which one is it? I'm going to be a little bit general and just say anything that's racist can go. Oh, no, we lost so many musicals just then. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, probably like so. all of Rogers and Hammerstein is gone. It's just gone. <laughs> it's just... Oh. Oh, no. We're entering a new era, I think. Oh, wow. Um, you you did say you want to take on the challenge of fixing some broken shows, though. So maybe you could just work your way through them and fix them. With some help, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a few rewrites. Yeah. It'll take a bit. It'll take a bit. All right. Well, we are going to move on uh, to give us a little bit of backstory about the show that you've bought us, which is, can you tell everyone? Because I definitely can't. Yeah, Bernada Alba. Bernada Alba. All right. Let's have a little bit of music and then get on. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, confession time. Um, not a confession, I do say this frequently. How far did you get through the soundtrack, Julie? Almost all the way to the end. <gasps> yes, almost all the way to the end. I uh, listened to about a minute's worth of every song. <laughs> well, I listened to the whole thing. 
So Okay, but you still also don't understand the plot? No, I did read the plot. Okay, I so, couldn't find the plot. So I'm going to give Timothy two minutes to give us an elevator pitch of the plot. Okay. Have we got our handy-dandy two-minute record? Uh, uh, what's a timer called? Timer. Thank you. Two-minute timer ready. It begins when you start. Great. So we're in Spain. It's the 1930s. There's this guy called Antonio, and he's married to a woman called Bernarda. Uh, he is her second husband. She has one kid to a previous husband, a, a daughter, and then she has like four other daughters with this guy. So they're living their life. It's great. He's not like the most faithful guy. He starts having lots of affairs. He has an affair with the maid. He also has an affair with her oldest daughter. And then oh, he dies. Yeah, he needs That's kind of where the, the, the show starts, at his funeral. Um, and then she takes on the role of man of the house. And, but is at the same time super, super suspicious of all of these men because they, they, she just thinks they want her daughter's dowry. So she locks up all her five daughters inside their little ranch that they have, their house, and doesn't let them out. But there's this guy called Pepe and he's going to marry the oldest daughter, but he's only marrying the oldest daughter for her money and her dowry, but is really at the same time getting off with the youngest daughter. Oh. There's a lot of sexual tension across the board from everyone. Because um, they're all a bit into him, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're all really wanting to, to get break out of that house. And then they hear some screams and there's a young girl and she's just given birth to an illegitimate baby and she gets stoned. And then the next night, the neighbour comes over That's for dinner. with actual and stones. While to and while they're eating dinner, the mayor breaks out of the stable and starts mating with the stallion in the field and they all go and they watch and then they all go to bed. And then it turns out that the youngest daughter and the eligible bachelor get discovered and Bernardo goes out with a shotgun and shoots and then Bernardo comes in with one of the bitter other sisters and the bitter other sister is like, he's dead. And then the youngest girl goes to her bedroom and hangs herself and then Bernarda bursts open the doors and she's dead. And Bernarda says, everyone must think she died a virgin. End. Oh, and that's pretty much two minutes. Wow. That's impressive. I, that's like, you're only like, what, 11 seconds over. And I really enjoyed the level of detail in this in this plot. Well, I didn't even get anyone's name. <laughs> you don't <laughs> no, have to get anyone's name. We just need the gist. Because that's, that's more than I got from the whole yeah, cast recording. I didn't, I didn't so, know about the little so, part of the backstory with second husband and eldest yeah. daughter situation. So, full disclosure, I've actually directed the play. Ah, here uh, we go. So, this is kind of why... <laughs> This is why I'm doing this one. I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to say that I think the play would be better than the musical. That is what a lot of the reviews also said. <laughs> well, since you mentioned it. Just the, the, play, the play in general, I think they it was an experiment and a, a red, he gave it a red hot crack. Uh, well, <laughs> since you mentioned it, it might be a good segue into... Bad Reviews with Julie. That was a nice one. That was a good theme song. I liked it. <laughs> Sarcasm. 
this is a review in the New York Times uh, by Ben Brantley, written March 7th, 2006, or published March 7th, 2006. It says, Sex and a Monster Mother Seething in Sunny Spain, which... That sounds great. For a title of a review. <laughs> Good job. Good I job, I think ben. that'll get people through the door, That just the title. If you read on, maybe not, but, like, that would be appealing. So, he says... Seven sex-starved women found festering in sealed-up mansions. Festering. Again, he's good with the words. <laughs> Thus might a tabloid headline for a B-movie trailer sum up the house of Bernarda Alba. Um, oh, where did I? There's a, I think I have to scroll all the way down to the bottom. Um, I should have done this earlier. <laughs> Um, so basically, to, I'm just going to sum up the review for you. Uh, he's like, it's it's all good, however, <laughs> a bit benign. <laughs> he's like, all the elements are there, but in essence, it reeks. <laughs> it's not an easy listen. I'm going to give it that. But that's a deliberate choice. Would you agree, Timothy? Yes. So the musical is written by here we go i'm going to attempt to say do it this. do it do it i have we're so with faith you. we're with the you. musical is, is there a reason that we've no one's mentioned who wrote it because no one wants to do you say want me it. to say it i can say it no, i'll say it i looked up i looked up so michael john latrisa latrisa yeah, I, I say latrisa latrisa what latrisa um, yep. So he wrote, he is, well, he's probably one of his most well-known shows is The Wild Party, but not The Lipper. Yeah, The Bad Wild Party, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, right? I do prefer The Lipper one myself, yeah. but I think it's really <laughs> no, no, no. two camps there. It's canon um, on this podcast that he wrote The Bad yeah. <laughs> Wild Party. Well, the thing about Lacusa is that he he writes really deliberately, um, sort of in this dark modernist way. Yeah. So it doesn't make it pleasant to listen to, and I, that's the big difference between the two wild parties. And and I think this is very much like his. Like and I think party. when he writes, he goes to some kind of authentic musical place that connects to the subject matter. So if anybody has listened to the cast recording of, of Bernarda Alba, you'll hear a lot of. Um, there's a lot of percussion and there's also a lot of like um, flamenco dancing that they've recorded. Mm. Speaking um, of the dancing, that is actually mentioned in, in this review. Ms. Danielle's flamenco-ish choreography too sometimes leans towards unintentionally comic. Ouch! Oh, that is ouchy. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think I think for good old Michael John, and I'm going to like play it safe by that sort of motion too. Um, I think he's kind of copped it a bit hard because he's trying to push the form forward. Mm, yeah, and was I mean he was in a weird space where he was doing that, and then kind of got railroaded a little bit by the likes of Lin Manuel Miranda, and it was like, oh no, we just want rap musicals, I guess, like. Um, so I think now he's kind of staying off Broadway and in kind of the dark Which, recesses of... He's like, guys, just, you can watch yeah. it, but like, shh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's probably where his work 
works best though smaller scale um sort of closer and more confronting like I think that's what he goes for in this this kind of he wants to create a very hyper natural I don't really know how to say it like it's really all driven by the depths of the character's emotion sort of thing I feel like John Cusack would maybe do a very good musical version of Pan's Labyrinth yeah maybe like that's how I see his writing um it says here on his biography on the Wikipedia page, which, oh, as you know, is the trusted source of our podcast. <laughs> trusted source of our podcast. Um, uh, that he is influenced by a lot of um, early modern American composers, um, including John Corrigill. I shouldn't have started with one I can't pronounce. Um, oh, no, John no. Adams and Philip Glass. Philip Glass is the one who does all the really weird phase music, right? Is that the one? A lot of prepared <laughs> piano and interesting sounds and rhythms. Yeah, and he he does opera, right? He, yeah. he writes opera. Yeah, yeah. and um, I sort of feel like this sort of sits in that semi um, mid-century opera um, weird yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. trying to make I don't know at a point where they're like, let's make opera real cool, guys. <laughs> we'll uh... I, yeah, and I think the same with Bernard Albers. I think if you like the play, or if you like the story, or if you like his musical work. Or if you like flamenco dancing, <laughs> no. then you like it. Borderline but I think comic the, flamenco dancing. That's a, that's a series of three very niche access points. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, I found the actual quote for the review. <laughs> Took a bit. Uh, the latest offering from the prolific Mr. Lacusa often feels wan, wan, wane and weary. The music, though superbly orchestrated by Michael Starobin and played, goes places that singers used to hard sell Broadway pizzazz cannot follow. Mm. The punctuating yelps, the wavering sustained notes in minor keys, the labyrinth interior musical paths, the eruption into anti-melodic harshness. These are all more the stuff of mid-century 20th chamber operas and conventional rather than conventional show tunes. The touchingly game performers who include musical pros like Daphne Rubin Vega. This is also why I had a slight twitch while I was listening to this guy. And Yolanda Bavin. Bavin? Yeah, Bavin. Inevitably stumble over such challenges. Twitch. Twitch. So um, it is it is more than just a vocal performance, though. It's a dance show, right? Yeah, and and I would also say I know this is obvious, but I think it's very like uh, emotional. I think it's very actor driven. Um, in in that sense, I think the whether or not one of whether or not the songs are bangers or not, I think it's very irrelevant to the production. <laughs> um, I think it's about this kind of deep guttural. So desire then, and stuff coming through. Would you say you can't really get a feel for this musical without having seen it as a whole piece? I would say that. I, I don't think anyone's listening to any of these tracks on their way to work. Mate, I was listening <laughs> to them on the way home. I was like, oh, God, why? <laughs> there are a couple in there that, that Actually, are quite tuneful. Yes, um, there was two tunefuls. Love Let Me Sing You. Which, Not the one I like. Oh, but it was quite tuneful. It came yeah. in parts. And what I found interesting about that song is it's it has different characters singing it. And when they sing it, it sounds almost like a completely different song but it is the same melody yeah so that song is the song of the the boy the 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 potential groom i think 
they they start humming it and it's kind of this tell when they all realise that they all have heard this same song and that kind of, oh. what, what they're like, oh, how do you know that song? And how do you know that song? You know, it's kind of like they're smelling that his cologne on them there. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think so then then it turns a bit dark and a bit strange as they as they. He continue. done dirty. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I honestly really think I would enjoy the story. Like, I think I would enjoy the play. I don't but know if enjoy is the word I would use. Like I would be entertained by it, in not in a like bright lights and fancy feet kind of entertainment way, but like I would enjoy hearing that story. Mm. Like you enjoy yeah. hearing stories from history that aren't particularly pleasant, but... Mm. Well, Federico Garcia Lorca, who wrote the play, um, was a, a kind of a, a, um, a young gay man um, and he was a poet and a playwright. And I think he actually had... Um, an affair with Salvador Dali, um, but he was murdered. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just a We were very into the like affair with Salvador Dali, and then you threw in that, and we were both very shocked. In whatever movie that I think there's a movie where Robert Pattinson plays Salvador Dali. That sounds unfortunate. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I think it's kind of, I think it's like, but anyway, and I think Salvador Dali actually designed some of the sets for his early productions as well. Um, so he wrote, so Lorca wrote a lot about um, desire um, as a gay man in a very kind of conservative patriarchal world. Um, he was, yeah, trying to figure stuff out and, and all that kind of stuff. And he also wrote a lot about rural Spain and kind of, you know, remote villages and, and being disconnected and, in the country and stuff like that. So I guess my question, because um, obviously I was like listening to it in the car, I was like, I hate this. Um, <laughs> I want to know what, like, is it just the fact that you had already worked on the play that kind of took you to this musical and made you, like, do you, in, do you actually enjoy this musical or? But actually, it's the other way around. I listened to the musical first and then read the play after. Oh, you're a crazy man. <laughs> I know. So I think because this is quite old. It's quite a long time. Not old, but I mean, it's in like. Oh, scroll up to the top of the wiki. Uh, 36 play. Don't know when the musical came out, though. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, but the, I think there, it was a time where I, when I was first aware of Broadway and what was happening in New York theatre-wise. And so I was just always like online looking for stuff. And I, and I as a, as a like young 15 year old loved rent as is the time. Mate, you, there is a time and a place for rent and it is while you're a teen, but then you have to let it go. And I, did, and I moved on. So, that, so there was the connection. an interesting jump from rent to Banata Alba. Well, because Daphne Rubin Vega. So I see how you made that jump. That's when I kind of, and then I did really, I liked the the percussion and the kind of the the musical style of it. And I was, I found it really interesting. And then I discovered the play and then I um, discovered um, more of Lorca's work, like plays such as Yerma and Blood Wedding um, and some of his poetry. And then of course, Tragic Death. Um, Because I know this is a a relatively PG podcast, but um, for those who want to know how he died, you can Google it. And it was uh, a a death reserved for gay men, and it is not nice. So that's a bit of a downer. What a Debbie downer. Well, maybe we should move on to lessons we've learned. Well, I'm I'm pulling up stuff like that. <laughs> what did we learn what from Banana Alba? Timothy, what did you learn? <laughs> don't 
lock yourself up with your kids for an indefinite period of time oh. or something gonna get shot or die. Yeah, well, maybe we, uh, uh, yeah. to our Victoria <laughs> listeners, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> live, live and, and, and teach your kids about their bodies and what happens and don't try and, because there's, over the, the course of play, there is this very strong sense of religion and this kind of weird fanatical kind of Catholic, I guess, oppression. Which um, which is what the the um, stoning and that, that character's yes, little yeah. interlude is actually about and leading up to that, you know, that's the same sin of her own daughters sort of thing. Yeah. But um, that that's actually really difficult to listen to, that song when she's screaming about how she must die. Um, yeah. So maybe there's a little lesson in like, well, just like oh, yeah. back it up a bit. <laughs> And in my head, like, because obviously I didn't know who was who in this in this musical at the time while I was listening to it, I was like, is that like an auntie stepping in and being like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe don't do that. Anyway, I think I interrupted your train of thought, Timothy. I'm sorry. No, that was, that was it. I mean, the, the less, it's, a bl- it's bleak, so there's not a lot of hopeful lessons in it. I think the, yeah. I mean, she's kind of like a little bit like a Mother courage type character, like, She's so narrow-minded that one of her kids ends up dying. And I guess the lessons you can learn from this musical, we hope you've learned before you listen to it or watch it. Like you don't yes. want to be learning it for the first time. Here. Like you listen to it, you say, I have gone down the right path in life. <laughs> I have made some good choices. Uh, if you're, or unless you're listening to it and you're like, oh, I am a tyrannical matriarch, I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Self-reflecting. I think yeah. I identify with the mother too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesson we can all learn. <laughs> if you're thinking, Bernardo, she's my gal. <laughs> then reassess your life. <laughs> she's my gal. Her parenting style tops. <laughs> Not exactly. Not exactly. Uh, Miranda, any listeners? Um, look, I I actually found some really interesting musical moments in this show that were a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that as experimental theatre, this is actually one of the better shows that's been brought to us yeah. in the, of this yes. genre. I do agree. Yeah. I don't I don't hate hate as violently as I hate <laughs> other musicals. It had some really beautiful moments of like three, four, five part harmony. Yeah. And and I think there's something in, you know, experimental it needs to happen in steps. Oh, you know, yes, and and this took a few steps, but it didn't go too, too far, far for me. I don't like it when they jump to crazy straight away. Good for me, <laughs> um, I think uh, maybe I haven't necessarily learned it as a lesson, but I think uh, this will probably lead me to the play and discovering a little mm. bit more about the story about Spanish rural theatre. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Any more lessons, Timothy? Anything um, else you've learned? Bernarda is a like genuine girl's name. Yes, Bernardo, male. Bernarda, yeah. female. Never knew. Um, there's there's a um, another part of it that we haven't really discussed. Where there's the the chief maid, I guess, in it, who is kind of the the closest thing Bernarda has to a friend and confidant, but she doesn't really listen to her as much as she should because she's a bit Bernarda's a bit up herself. Um, so a lot, there's this very much a strong sense of all this could have been avoided if she'd listened to the help. Um, so listen to people when they're trying to help you. Maybe, maybe, um, don't, 
don't people think you're better or, than yeah. other people, sometimes yeah. the help can help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so genuinely surprised by that. No, just this was this is not the maid that was sleeping with her first husband though. This is a different. Oh, different but maid, wouldn't it be good maid. if it was? <laughs> there are three maids. <laughs> Oh dear! Anything? I don't. I'm. I'm. Oh, there's another trio you could be in, Timothy. Uh, the three maid trio yeah, of of Bernardo Alba. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the Mikado you pick. <laughs> there's, there's also another moment. I don't actually know if it's in the musical, but it's in the play where a homeless woman and her child come for food, and the maids go to give her food, and then Bernardo comes in and's like, "Get out." So I also oh, feel that even if that's lady. not in the musical, I just want to put that out there as a don't do that. I honestly yeah. feel that if I was to be cast, I probably would end up as Bernarda though. I think <laughs> I would end up as the crazy mother. That is. Yeah. Speaking of which, is it time? <laughs> it is time. Let's do it. Let's dreamcast this. I would like Zac Efron as husband number two. He <laughs> dies right in the beginning. He's not actually in the show, so yes. this is an entirely female cast. Correct. Um, if you're going to cast him in a role that isn't on stage, wouldn't you cast him as Pepe the sexy suitor? Oh, yeah, that's a better idea. Let's cast him as yeah. Pepe. Um, so that's done. Good. Tick. Tick. I uh, don't know if Timothy agrees, but it's been done. It's so been too late. done. <laughs> um... I'm going to let you go first, Timothy. Sorry, I was about to jump It's only in. polite. Yes. Okay, so I did a little bit of homework on this because I felt it was important to get it somewhat right. Yes, so, I'm very um, proud. Thank you. <laughs> um, I thought it would be interesting, first of all, for Bernarda Alba. I wondered what it would be like if Daphne Rubin Vega got, like, promoted up from being one of the sisters to being one of to being the mother. Um, well, anything's or, better than Mimi and Rent. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what a what a what a what a turn for her going from like a nightlife loving gal to like being this kind of. I actually do thing. think that you're right, though. I think it might be time. I think it's interesting. Um, and then I thought for the chief maid, I guess her name's Poncia. I'll call her by her character name. So the chief maid. She actually Poncia. has a name, Poncia. Um, I thought maybe like Eden Espinosa. I would like to say I knew that name. Hang Context. On. I'll Context. Google. I'll Google. She's also so she's also been in Rent and she's kind of um, she was in like Brooklyn the musical and she was in Wicked as Elphaba and she was <gasps> yes um, I know who you're talking about now yeah um, so I thought I thought she would be really good I thought for the the grandmother Maria Steffa I thought maybe Priscilla Lopez <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I thought for Martirio, who is the, the kind of the ugly sister, the deformed sister, um, Which... Lindsay Mendez. Oh, shit. my dog fight, I think. Sorry, Lindsay Mendez is what? Uh, and Martirio is the character's name. So that was uh-huh. the part that Anthony Ruben Vega played. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. which was also mentioned in some of the reviews. Like, I don't really buy her as the, in quotes, ugly duckling of the family. But, is there um, some kind of deformity? Yeah. It's, and that's like a, because a, is Lindsay Mendez, she's the one that's in Dogfight? Yeah. Oh. Typecasting. Oh, well, um, I I did a similar thing. I'm sorry. I put America Ferrara from Ugly Betty in that. Oh. Role. <laughs> 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 
wrong with you? It's time costing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but neither of these people, like, none of them are unattractive people. No. And it's one of the true. things that the character actually talks about is that, you know, she's defined by the fact that people treat her differently because of that thing. So, you know, whatever this mysterious deformity is, which I guess you could make different. Being pretty. In Being pretty is that deformity. Well, it's all just, it's actually about comparative to her sisters. It's mm. not that she's, I guess. yeah. Yes. Um, I also wanted to put in um, Gina Torres and it, as the mother, just because she's a very strong character. Like all the characters she plays are very strong and authoritarian, but usually very kind of down to earth in a down to earth kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see her kind of flip that and just just go hard on all of that overt. Is um. Rita Moreno too old to play the mother? She could play the grandmother. I kind of want to raise the mother, though. No, the crazy old mother, Rita no, the, Moreno. The, the crazy mother that is constantly is escaping from the confines, yes. whatever cupboard she's locked in. And getting pushed back in. I do yeah. see that yeah. as being pretty funny as Rita Moreno. Yeah. She just wants to go and get married and live by the ocean. I mean, who she... doesn't want to go and get married and live by the ocean? But can so she good. do it, please, in her original costume from West Side Story? That with the like the skirt. Yes. Oh, so every gosh. time she comes out, she's like, nah, 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 nah. no. I, mean, I just thought that would really play into the crazy. No one's with me. It's no. fine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, I thought then for Adela, the young kind of the main, I guess, main girl, if you could kind of call her that, who was played by, I think, Nikki M. James is her name mm-hmm. from yep. Book, of, Book of Mormon fame. Um, I thought Eva. Noble Zada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's her. I'm with you. She's quite old. No. Is she old? Is she old? <laughs> Is she? Like, yeah. So these, these daughters are all quite of age. Like... When I was, you can't say that when... Well, when I was looking, listening to it initially, I was thinking, oh, it's Little Women in Spain. Um, it, you know, thinking they're all sort of yeah. 15 to, to 20-ish. But the eldest is 39, which is my age. Yeah. Like, man. So, uh, and then... Oh. And the youngest is 20. So they're yeah. not, yeah. like... Not children. No, they're not children. They're women. Mm-hmm. Ladyfolk. Uh, and Lady I guess folk. that's the, the, the difficulty is... But because Angustias, the oldest daughter, she's not really needed to look for a man because she's been having it off with her stepdad. You know, when you're busy having it off with your stepdad, you don't have to look for a husband. <laughs> oh, classic. Classic. Um, but none of the others can get married. It's a little bit like Ten Things I Hate About You. None of um, <laughs> none of the others can get married until she gets married. But. Oh, I think the reference you're actually looking for is the Maybe taming of the shrew. Yeah. But, uh, you know, each their own. <laughs> Any other casting opinions? Dreamer cast? No, no. Is there... I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. No, I shouldn't. No, don't then. No, don't. All right, moving. Okay. <laughs> We're going to move right along to our top fives. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What top five lists does Bernada Alba belong on? Top five mm. musicals about sisters? No, mate. <laughs> About Spanish country towns. Again, you can have it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you. Top five Top five Lacusa. Done. That's good. Well that's not hard. Sorry. Um <laughs> Um yes, definitely top five Lacusa. Yeah. Uh top five we did this one last week. Top five We um, did this one like, last week. Well last week it was film to stage uh-huh. adaptation. This time it is play to play stage. to musical adaptation. Like the plot is the same. Oh, in terms of like a direct transfer yes. of of content. Yes. Sure. Um it'll it'll be My Fair Lady and then Bernada Alba. We don't want to put the one from last week in there? No, oh, because it's not that play. was the movie. Yeah. It's it completely oh, different, okay. Julie. All right. Well, yeah, Pygmalion then. <laughs> <laughs> um also with the exception of the composer, it did have a, a relatively um, strong female creative team. Um, I believe there was it was a um, female musical director and also a female director and choreographer, and then obviously an entirely female cast. So I think that's that's good because cool. then notable you've got females but, telling was, female was, stories. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I was just looking for that. what. What did we decide the year was? Two thousand and six. Yeah. Early on for that to be the case. Yeah. Um, Sad but true. And I guess, yeah, a top five flamenco inspired. Yes. Choreography? Musicals. Well, well yeah, because they, they use the dancing almost as percussion in the in the score. I just don't see any reason to break out and dance in this score. Well, if you've been locked up for much, if you've been locked up for as long as these girls have, anything. Flamenco. Any, any, not any. my go to. We, we found out. No more than an hour ago that tap dancing is my go-to. <laughs> uh, there are a few lighter numbers in there, though. Where, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, girls just dancing Want to have fun? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Um, Any more? Top five, top, top five, five, top five, top five Spanish feels. Mm. Top five. Top five shows with a horse in them. Two horses. Two horses. <laughs> <laughs> top five shows with a horse romance. Yes. <laughs> It's topping the list. Okay, we're really just <laughs> no. scraping the bottom. You barrel. know what? No set. <laughs> no set? There's no real set. Oh, because man, I would struggle. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Is this one act or three acts? It depends which way you look. It's one, right? It plays without an interval. Yeah, like it goes for 90 minutes. Oof. Top five one-act Spanish. I like oh, that no. you <laughs> have to throw Spanish in there. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, we are just going to move right along. Timothy, is there anything you'd like to plug? Have you got anything coming up? Yeah, sure. I'm actually directing two productions at the moment. One is Romeo and Juliet, um, which I've kind of worked on a new adaption um, for, uh, for a, a group of young people on the Gold Coast at Technicolor Theatre Company. And I'm also, um, for the company of which I'm the artistic director, that production company, I'm in the middle of directing a production of Cozzy by Louis Nara. Cool, cool. I've seen Cozzy. I love a play. Like, I'm going to put it out there, guys. I love a play. <laughs> uh, probably we'll see both of these. Oh, wait, no. Are they sold out is my next question. Cozzy is sold out at the moment. Um, won't be seeing Cozzy then. But uh, we... More shows. We may kind of look into some kind of extension or, you know, COVID, COVID's tough managing COVID with... Yes you know, audience capacity and things like that. So um, we'll see what we can do, but I would definitely like the That Production Company Facebook page to stay up to date. Uh, way ahead of you. So we announce I... more shows or something. Our listeners. So what was the, what's the actual handle for it? That Production Company? That Production Company. Check them out on Facebook. Are you guys on Instagram as well? We are for That Production Company as well. Amazing. Anything else? No, that's it. <gasps> that's a wrap. That's a wrap on Timothy Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm a film person, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and bringing us uh, a very obscure musical. <laughs> Didn't no know I... it existed until I got the link for it. Um, thank you to my co-host, Miranda. You're welcome. Uh, producer Zane, who's pushing the buttons. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Hello and welcome to an advertisement for The Penny Peep Show. What is The Penny Peep Show? Well, in our podcast factory, our podcast scientists have been working hard on a range of light-hearted radio play anthology series that everyone can enjoy. Caramony Cricket spokesperson, is there a light-hearted radio play anthology series for me? No, every series is marked explicit. But why not tell your parents, nameless child? They'll find The Penny Peep Show wherever good podcasts are stocked. The Penny Peep Show. It's like dissolving your ears in a cocaine-laden off-brand soda. Is that a good Shut it, nameless child.